Omar acting like some other lawyers in the list and the shit, and, you know. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's more just like, I like don't know. This guy. I don't want to talk about what something I don't know What a fucking about. joke attorney. <laughs> Omar's like, I don't want to talk about something I don't know about, so I'm going to go on a podcast. Let's get this shit started. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to Please Riot. My name is Owen. Uh, today we are joined with Albert. Yo. And Omar. Yo, what's up? Um, not a lot. Um, we, you know, we, we, uh... Had a little bit of time off. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've been out an episode, and um, the past couple weeks have been pretty fucking nightmarish. Um, to it, if you paid attention to the news and even the, the, the little bit, um, I guess the big big topic uh, the past couple weeks has been. <laughs> I like in in the little outline Albert put uh, concentration compost, um, but yeah, these these concentration camps effectively where um, uh, families at the border are being separated, uh, children are being taken from their parents, and oh, moved, why are you God, calling them concentration camps, bro? Because that's what they fucking are. That's yeah, what they this are. is neither Germany. This is not 1940s Germany. Uh, yeah, Germany. There aren't ovens. There's no Zyklon B being pumped in there anywhere. How could you call this a concentration camp? Well, a Germany didn't invent concentration camps. Those were used. What? No, they weren't the first to do that. Um, Fucking weird. Well, that was a strategy used by the United States in the uh, Indian Wars. It was used by the British in the Boer Wars in South America and uh, the Zulu Wars, uh, again, in South Africa. The Spanish um, did it in Cuba, and the Spanish did it in the Philippines, too. So, yes. And and not in every instance where this was used were the um, prisoners in these concentration camps all executed like they were in, in Nazi Germany. So... It's a concentration camp. Fucking deal with it. That's an appropriate term. And yes, it should be as revolting as it sounds because it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just the, it's humanizing to these people who held captive. It's you know they're not. Everyone thinks that they're coming here and breaking the law. They're not breaking the law at need. They're breaking it out of necessity. Like it's not because of you know the people. The reason why people go and seek amnesty is because. They are in a position where they're being abused. They don't have the, um, they don't have the rights or the ability to do anything to defend themselves. They are, you know, either forced to work by gangs. I mean, that's a, I think the El Salvador one that like the most telling story was the woman who, uh, I forgot where I heard this, where she was basically told not to come because she worked for the gangs, and she was in forced labor because of working for the gangs. Yeah. Um... That might have been a Chapo Trap House because that's the uh... only thing I've last listened to in the last few. Weeks. Do you guys? Um, do you I guys remember, I like, as kids, maybe like learning about the the internment of Japanese Americans for the first time? Yeah. 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 I I, I remember. Like I remember being. By it. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's kind of like the thing, like reading about it and being like, wait, like I knew about the Holocaust. I knew about, you know, I, you know, I was, 
I saw Schindler's List right around when it came out, and it was like, so, you know, I got a very, like, rough, like, view, and it's like, okay, all right. So I'm a kid, I see this shit, and then you go to school, and then you read about, well, the United States, I mean, they weren't executing them, but they just rounded up a bunch of U.S. citizens, and they lost their lives, their livelihood, that is, like, their businesses, their homes, everything. Just rounded mm-hmm. them up for five, six years. And um, took how all could their that possessions. Yep. How could okay. that happen? And I remember thinking as a kid, like, well, that sounds fucking awful. But I'm glad that we're past that time. I'm glad that we won't see that again. You know, and here we are. And it's happening. In some yeah. way, I think what's happening now is worse. Um, I think, even though it was terrible um, during World War II, what happened, and it wasn't just Japanese, it was Italian-Americans and German-Americans, but on like a smaller relative scale that were uh, put in internment camps. Um, but, A, there was a war on, so at least there's some sort of sick rationalization for those fears. But, like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck is the reasoning for this shit? There isn't no... There's not not a reason. There's no... Absolutely no reason. Like, it's, it's literally just delusional fear of a, a white supremacy state of mind that is just terrified to death of demographic change and, and losing their position of supremacy on the country. That's the only thing I can even think of that would lead to a policy like this. Literally the only thing. Here's, here's a question for you two. Does the United States have an immigration problem? I know. No. Like, there's no immigration problem. There, this is all just there. Okay. By the the ruling class of people, you. That I, I, I know that more you, people. If you ask, if you ask the Fox News base, the consumer of Fox News, does this country have an immigration problem? Not even severity of, just a simple yes no. You will always get a yes. Of course. Well, yeah. well here's what immigration. Who is actually good for? It's 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 good for well, all right. Let's go let's go back. Like this whole thing kind of started way like back in even like the eighties or so, um, and a lot of it was euphemism, right? A lot of it was um, these, these people are threatening American jobs. They're 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 driving uh, American wages down, um, shit like that. Uh, and, and it was it was all um, like Latino immigration that was doing this it wasn't you know immigration from like high-skilled immigration from asia it wasn't or ireland from Europe or ireland or any of that shit it was all latino immigration um but this is presented as, as a way in a way that doesn't ever attack those who are employing undocumented immigrants uh, um it doesn't put any blame on on the people in actual power because 
they don't have to hire undocumented immigrants, but they want to because they can pay them less than minimum wage. They don't have to pay them benefits. Uh, they don't have to pay payroll taxes on their wages. Um, all that shit. So they're doing it. They could always, they could always go hire anyone for the job and pay them a living wage. Like I've told you guys multiple times, I go fucking work on a farm for sixty grand a year. Sure. Making a little bit more than I'm making now. I, I would do it for more money. I'm not going to go do it for fucking slave wages. But that's what the, that's what they're willing to pay. So, right, but they, I, you never hold you never hold the business owner. They're the never accountable. They're never held yeah. accountable. They're never the ones with the blame on it. I've I've presented that argument to many people, many you know chuds. And they don't have any. They're just like, oh yeah, yeah. They should take a look at those. They never go after the slump. Take these people and how and and you know, take advantage of them in their housing situation. They never go after people like that. Um, it, it, so, I mean, it, it just it's just extremely telling that it's all the blame is being put on. A specific group of people and even now recently with with the death of the euphemism um that that's all gone out the window now they're criminals now they're animals now they're you know gang members now they're rapists so it's like i i said to you guys earlier um the the criminalization of immigrants like I forget who asked, but someone was like, "Where are we on the steps to uh, this full-blown genocide?" I was like, "Well, we passed the criminalization step, you know, over a decade ago, um, and it's kind of a it's kind of surprising it took this long till we got to the point we are now when when we get a, get rid of the euphemism and and then just start flatly calling groups of people these nasty dehumanizing names, you know." Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like part of it for me is just seeing the rhetoric kind of echoed, not only, like, you always heard it, I mean, I don't know for you guys, I just growing up in the Southeast, especially in, like, suburban Florida, you hear this kind of constantly, just the, you see people out there working and, like, day labor doing stuff, and you just hear the statements that people would make, or, you know, if something happened to your property, it was clearly the employees who worked there. And that same rhetoric, basically all the rhetoric that has been kind of echoed through Trump for so long, um, for like, you know, the better part of decades now, like what he's saying is not new. Um, it's just kind of the mainstreaming of it, which I think is essentially just the after effects of Trump as a whole. That is the most jarring, um, just because of, if anything else, just the fact that it's not becoming, you know, there's the idea of it being whispered, right? Anything you hear, like in, a, in a old, an old house, you hear that story, you hear someone's parents' house or your grandparents' house, like an all, like an all white household, but you see that now on television. So you hear it, you know, like kids hear it, and I think that's the most troubling part. Is that this is just gonna? I think it's a, um, you know, I think. Um, sorry, yeah. I, when you say mainstream, or like when people say normalize, um, I, I, I kind of don't like that i i think this shit has been mainstreamed and normalized since we were kids like I, i'm sure we're all around 30 right yeah i mean yeah. it has been it's just that it's it's it, hyperdrive it's it's the death of, well, well, 
with the term I, I saw uh, on on something I read or a video I watched or something that I really like for this is death of a euphemism. So for so long, the dog whistles getting be getting blown. They're threatening jobs. They're threatening the economy. They're threatening, you know, they're threatening your sense, your security and your position in the American, uh, in American society. But after and all of it is, you know, underlie underneath the thin layer of of this this euphemism is Mexicans, 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 Mexicans. But that gets whipped away, and then they're immediately dehumanized. So it's people have been conditioned for this for a very long time. This is not new. It's only the euphemism died. The euphemism for it died, and it's now acceptable to say it more plainly. Does that make sense? No, yeah, you're right. I 100% yeah. agree. Um, I just, part of what gets me, I feel, is just the fact that it, just the after effects of it, I feel like at least for a lot of it, that our generation, you know, mainly people who live in you know, cities and all that, maybe more optimistic about our generation, but I feel like we were kind of past that at a point. Like our generation was more focused on uh, what mattered more, right? The ability to have jobs or like education, having, you know, college for all or Medicare for all that became things we need to worry about. But this is a way I think for one, for everyone to regress back into the basest, you know, and most animalistic ideals of this country, which is like, you know, white is right and everything else isn't. Um, but it also kind of puts the onus away, like, you know, what they've been doing to the new budget bill that's been getting passed to essentially gut Medicare and healthcare and do all this other stuff. They're doing all this now. I think to be able to get our attention off it, because when we were calling in for these Medicare bills, like there's a sense of fatigue, you know, I guess it's, I mean, we all talk, I talked about this earlier in the chat or we did in our group checks that constantly keeping up with this is debilitating. You know, it creates a sense of, you know, dread, hopelessness. And I know, yeah, hopelessness, right? It's been two years and I feel like not even two years. It's been maybe what's 18 that? months, 18 months. And we still have like, we're not even halfway through. Um, and it's just how, heartbreaking it could be to just see all this stuff and hear it all the time and we don't have there's no answer for right there is no there is no payoff there isn't anything like you know we have the elections coming up in two years but or not two years they're coming up in a few months the 2018 one um the midterms and they don't really seem like there are there's some states in florida that are, are not florida for example like bill nelson could lose and they're like you know different states like there's a lot of there's a decent chance that the republicans through everything they pulled uh, get, not even the Republicans, just like the right, the authoritarian right of this country um, could pull this off and get like, a filibuster-proof Senate and pretty much be able to pass anything they fucking want. Um, and we're so fixated on all of this stuff, like, you know, for example, the down the border, we're so focused on that, we can't focus on everything else. And I think that's Trump's most effective strategy, in a way. And not, I don't think it's a not, strategy, dude. I think he's just evil in two ways. I know he is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I'm not giving him credit for this. I think it's a strategy that kind of became inadvertent, but the ability of him to be able to inundate us is also the media. Is pragmatically, pragmatically, whether it's a strategy or not. Right. It, it's the effective. effect it has on us, on the populace, is fatigue. Yeah. The thing is, yeah. though, um, I mean, I, 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 I am a Puerto Rican man living in an overwhelmingly white city and I'm, I'm new to 
these kind of surroundings. And I came up here you know, a little bit before the election. Um, you know, when that guy went down that staircase and spoke of Mexicans being... I, I knew... I knew that, like, like when the Latino community, you know, each country, each island, each slice of land, dialect, it has its own culture, it has its own people, its own food. And we talk shit about each other all the fucking time. But when that guy said that the Mexicans are rapists and murderers, he was speaking to all of us. Every single one of us Latinos out there were under direct attack by a man who was being cheered on by damn near half of this country. Yeah, I... And the fact, the fact that there are people on the streets today that that will continue to cheer this on, the, the, the fact that there are people from Puerto Rico, from Cuba, from from, from places where to the racist, to the most vile fucking evil human beings that make up this administration and their supporters. It doesn't matter if you're fucking Mexican. It doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican, you were born with citizenship. We are subhuman to them. It doesn't matter. There's no fucking asterisk. There's no, you know, nuance. We are lumped in together. And when I see these fucking concentration camps opening and taking these children and, t- and, sp- and destroying these families through a, a, a mere matter of fucking cosmic chance, I happen to be born on the island with citizenship. And these people were born 800 miles west. Yep. I was brought here as a young child and these motherfuckers are doing to them what could have happened to me. What could have happened to my family. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, dude. I, I, don't, I don't know where we go from here as a country. I don't know where we go from here as an electorate, as a populace. I don't know where we go from here as a society, but if there was ever any question as to what the United States and what the people of the United States thought of Latinos, I think we got our fucking answer. I don't know yeah. how to back this. I, like, I, I, I wish there was some like, optimistic way to be like, you know, how we come back from this. At least, you know, not even us, right? Not... Not us. I'm just talking about the families, the children, everyone who's experienced this trauma. Um, there is no way to come back from it. I think there's just no, there's no recovery from this. Like when you see a child wrested away from his parents, you know, left out and isolated in this place that has murals of the president on the walls and has this like Every image. Morning, of, they do the Pledge of Allegiance in right, English. Right. right. Like all that just, just indoctrination. This you know, you see this and there isn't like, we're going to see this happening. I mean, like this, not, not it happening. I mean, hopefully you don't see this happening. I think we're going to see this happening for a while, sadly, but just the effects on the people who have encountered this. And it's the most humanizing thing. And I think it's not only are, you know, like there, 
if you don't feel responsible for this as an American citizen, you know, even if you voted for Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Dennis Kucinich, fucking whoever, like you are responsible, you are complicit, and you need to do more. You need to act. You need to put yourself out there and you know defend these people, help them, fight for them, do whatever it takes. Um, you know, I I think it's. It's like I've donated to RISIS, I've donated to other company off, like offices, I've helped in any way, safe I can, I've you know, done everything I can, but I still, it's not enough. Like there, it feels like in a certain point, you're kind of yelling into a void, that you're yeah. just not, there's nothing you can do, because it's, you know, this mechanism is going to keep going, and you know, the, we see all this shit about you know, people saying, like one of the things that's been really infuriating for me lately, as a person who fashioned himself a Democrat up until like maybe this year, is just seeing, um, you know, the the way that resisting people are just the of, abolition of ICE movement, right? Yeah, just how people are just not giving. Like you know, you hear like the well, ICE is important because it helps, uh, you know, helps stop the elite, the flow of illegal immigration in this country. And the reality is, is that fucking if you're from this country and you got here in eighteen something to fucking nineteen something in the nineteenth century. You just scrolled, you just strolled up on a boat, you got, you got checks for measles and whatever, you got fingerprinted, and you were thrown in a tenement. At least you weren't, like, you weren't put in a fucking concentration camp. And I think these people see this, and they're removed from it. Like, you know, I, I am a, I don't even know how many generations my dad's side, but I'm a second generation American on my mom. Like, my mom, I was, I was the first person in my mom's family born in the United States, um, first generation at least. And, you know, that's, I see how it's like to come here and like she had to come here and was working three jobs just to make ends meet because she couldn't actually get the job she needed because she didn't have citizenship. So she couldn't get a good job. So she worked at like at a subway and a, the post office and all these, just whatever she could do just with her green card to make something work. Um, and that those people I think are more impactful to this country's prosperity and how, what shows what this country means more than just some, a bunch of Jeff Sessions and Huckabees and these other assholes who think that they're the true Americans because they look like the money. They look like the president. They have just this privilege. And this is all just privilege. They're, they're, like you guys said it before, this is just not privilege, but it's the idea that supremacy is leaving. Um, and I, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I could see how, like in their mindset, it's like, you know, the reality is, is that there are country, a lot of country, a lot of states, I think white people are dying at a rate that's exceeding the births. And yeah. there's a the lot death rate, the death rate is outpacing the birth rate, right. which is a standard a standard in, in result countries. of yeah. developed nations like across yeah. the world. Right. No, so like, you need immigration to, to keep the status quo. Absolutely. Can I could I could I speak to my people a little bit? Like like more liberal minded white people. Uh, maybe um, I, I, I've noticed a lot of language, especially in the past few years, maybe not recently, more people getting a little more um, angry at, at it, but with, with the whole DACA thing um, with, and with, you know, the whole rhetoric that, oh, the dreamers are here through no fault of their own. Um, the whole, uh, the all the stories that are put on like people that were well respected in their community had been here for decades. A pillar of the community is the trope used, um, and, and before they're deported, um, 
and and not really combating uh, the the chuds using, you know, race baiting rhetoric like criminals and stuff like that, and 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 you know, calling MS thirteen animals and then the right pivots like oh you don't think they're animals, um, <clears throat> solidarity with Latinos should not be conditional. You, you know, you, they don't need to be a perfect victim for you to have solidarity with them. And the same goes for any other movement. You should have solidarity with Tamir Rice as well as Michael Brown. But you see shit in the New York Times calling, saying, oh, Michael Brown was no angel, shit like that. If, if you really, really want to be an ally, you don't need to qualify your support and your solidarity. It should be unconditional. That's right, man. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the big things I've seen is um, in speaking with some community leaders up here um, in the Boston area, um, being a vocal Latino in this community, um, I have gotten some brushback uh, from African Americans, um, where you know it, it's it's definitely not the majority of people involved in community affairs and things of that nature, uh, but I have heard it more than once where it's it, it's kind of this resentment of there is a significant portion, a non-zero number of Latinos in the United States today that are trying to do to black people what the Irish and Italians successfully did 100 years ago. And what I'm speaking to is there was a time in this country's history not too long ago where doesn't matter what color their skin was, if you had a vowel at the end of your name suggesting you were Italian, you were one of them. You were never considered white. You did not receive the same rights. You did not receive the same opportunity as the traditional white people that you would see paraded around this country. And I know that there is concern that Latinos, that there are some Latinos trying to do this. Look at Ted Cruz. Look at uh, what's this asshole from Florida's name? Marco Rubio. These are Latin American men who have betrayed all of us and are throwing minorities under the bus in their pursuit to the bottom, in the race to the bottom, because they have to be the whitest guy. Um, but let it serve as, if anything, just a reminder that you know the, the what what you may go through omar as as a black man um is a unique experience to what i go through as a puerto rican man um i don't know what you experience and and you you know i know you live in new york but um you you have a good idea of but you are not a puerto rican man walking around the streets um, so even though we have unique experiences, we are natural allies in all this. 
and just what I'm trying to get at is <sighs> kind of just tagging along with what with Owen what Owen said is just there's a lot of natural allies out there and there's plenty of opportunity to work together to help everyone out to bring everyone up um it has been way too frequently uh, in recent days that I've seen quote unquote democrats and liberals say why would you want to abolish ICE? Why would you want to reform immigration? Why would you want to do any of these things? You can't win an election on that platform. Hey, I'm being told to wait my turn. So much bullshit, dude. A, yes, you fucking can, because I can get a lot of support for people that don't vote. And B, what the fuck do you need to win an election and do the right thing for? See, I think it's right because their mentality is that you know if they just like, there is that very that you know the the four spectrum political map that shows Republicans and Democrats are both authoritarian right but just kind of one's a little bit left of the other and the reality is yeah. that there is no vocal like I mean we've seen it these last couple of months of just how they are like you know we're never going to do this and then they say well well let's talk to him here let's. Let's reason with the monster. Let's just try and let's stoop down to his level and let's see what we can do. And the fact of the matter is they don't care. The main thing they care about is just they want, they're still the United States, right? The United States has has this mentality that as long as they have an enemy to look at and just kind of go to war at and just kind of make us feel like we're important, then we are good, right? And I think the problem is, is that they don't, Right now, we are just trying to really, we're spreading, not we're spreading ourselves too thin, but the, the, the Democrats don't want, they feel like if they basically say, you know what, fuck this, this is absolutely in any main, there should be no need for ICE, there should be no need for this, this has become a complete travesty, and the reality is if we're going to let people in this country, like, as we should, we need to do better by them and by us, and say, we don't need ICE, we don't need this, you know, because, I, like we said, ICE is a literal, like, 20-year-old thing. Um, without, if you don't, if you say that you're, they think this, and to some extent, they might be kind of right that they're going to turn off a bit of those moderates. But the other point is that they're going to win over a lot of people who are fucking fed up. And I know a lot of people who I know who are white, black, Latino, who see this and are just revolted by it. Um, and just feel like this has gone on long enough. And that the idea is just, you can't reason with these people. There is no, like I, the idea of reasoning with them is actually insulting to most people. It's insulting to me. Yeah. It's insulting to Albert. It's insulting to people of color, Latino, gays, you know, everyone but white. Because essentially well, what they're saying... To me. It's legitimizing their no, I'm sorry. stance. Not only, that, not only that, but it's also saying that the reality is, is that you don't matter. What matters is the white vote. Because that's who, that's what they want. They want to just get elected. And they're basically like, you know what, fuck your votes. We know that no matter what, we could be shittier we could be, we could still be shitty by your standards, but if we're just a little less shitty, we're going to vote for you. It's the failing of the two-party system. Yeah, we're just, stuck. What's the old um, German saying? If you have one Nazi sitting at a table talking and 10 people listening to him, you have 11 Nazis sitting at a table? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's really it. Like yes. people, like we've seen, I mean, think of these people who we've seen say that there's like a necessity for ice. We've seen Kamala Harris who we all were, not, I always was not into her, but she's a cop. She, 
No, like she's mm-hmm. a prosecutor. Prosecutors are literally the most, some of the most awful people in the system. But prosecutors stay prosecuting, man. Right, but she's into it. And then we heard Bernie Sanders, who I think a lot, like I voted for him and was definitely hearing his voice about listening to him and kind of echoing his concerns about how there should be income equality. Even he's like, there should be, an, their ICE has some purpose. And yeah. I think as voters, we owe it not only to ourselves, but to our brothers and our sisters, our neighbors, our friends, our family, our loved ones, this community to just say like flat out, if you support ICE, you are not getting my vote. That bro, is my stance. Yeah, bro. That is fuck my stance. Yeah, like, like if, if, you think, you. if you think ICE is a thing that ex- needs to exist in this day and age, move the fuck on and get out of my goddamn Well, here's the fucking question, man. Who, who are you trying to reach today? In 2018, because, a week after the, 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 the fucking secret is out, the United States is running concentration camps and it's filled with Latino children. Okay, so who are you? Tr- what vote? What, like, they're trying to win the fucking sitter are you trying to grab that today still feels that ICE is necessary and is not completely turned off on the idea of voting for Trump? Who the fuck is that? Bro, bro, if you know that guy in your life, set their car on fire for me. All right? Like, just flip that shit over. They want to convince the fucking vote. They want want you to convince the center right, suburban, white, Republican, normally voter. But that person already fucking voted for Trump in 2016. Why the hell are you trying to convince them again? You're not going to. They're not going to listen to you, they're not going to be on your side. Why not motivate the... I mean, I saw a graph the other day if everyone that didn't vote and said showed up to the polls and voted for no one in 2016, no one wins in a fucking landslide. It's not even close. Like, Trump and Hillary combined for, like, 20 electoral votes or something. Yeah. Not even close. Why not be... And you know what? The Democrats don't want these people voting either. At least the... Not all of them, I guess, but at least the ones that are in power, they like the status quo. They like their fucking millionaire lifestyle, and they they don't want that threatened by a, a leftward movement. They don't want that threatened. No, but it's not even that. It's not only just that. It is about just the idea that they don't want... Like, I think it kind of goes all... Our kind of our next segment about decorum here is just like... If you're saying like, oh, let Sarah let let Sarah Huckabee Sanders eat at a restaurant, you're basically saying that okay, she's white, she shouldn't have to go through the same indignities that all of you have faced before. Like everyone's like, oh, how dare she never go to a restaurant? Like I've had there are places that in restaurants that my family still does not eat in in North Carolina because they were segregated years ago. They're like, no, fuck that place, we're never going because they that they remember being told they couldn't go, they remember being arrested because they tried to go there, they remember being harassed. And that was just for something as an immutable characteristic, right? But for them, the fact of the matter is that if you're someone like, I don't know, uh, some like random white dude in the Southeast, right? And you see all this stuff where people are being attacked for things that in your back of your mind, you might not only kind of agree with, but might kind of understand how you get to that point. You're feeling attacked. I mean, just, you know, there's this idea because for them, they're thinking if they can get the moderate vote, because I think the reality is that they, the Democratic Party still thinks there's this like, elusive moderate voter that read all this stuff about Trump and was like, Oh my God, this is terrible. But the quote, middle 20, the middle, they're voting Republican anyway. Sorry. Right. They're like, they're the fact (laughs) is they're like, Oh, listen, your tax 
cool. It has to. It would have to take a, like a demo, a, a economic t- uh, overturn or overhaul to the point where like people are losing jobs for there to be such overturns. So the reality is just fucking shoot your shot. Go for it in 2020. Say you don't want ice around. That you you know you believe in Medicare for all. That there's to be like a, a cap on just the amount of tuition that students have to pay. Just you know put these positions out there because the reality is most of us agree with them. And the Cap- fa- capping CEO wages, uh, tying right. those to real worker wages. Um, right. Raising taxes on fucking billionaires. It's See, not that's the thing, hard. though. That shit's popular. Prosecuting cops. Prosecuting cops. That's popular. But that's not only. But that honestly, a lot of that's at the state level. Like, I, yeah, I know. That's, that's. I mean, just all that stuff's at the state level. We're not going to ever get to that point unless we realize that like every single election counts. And the reality is that a lot of our party does our not our party. A lot of the people who we align with <laughs> when it comes to the general elections do not vote at that point. A lot like, of people were pigeonholed into voting for. How's that? Not, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just throughout, and, you know, we, we, I think what the most stunning part is, is that when we kind of saw Obama get elected, everyone's like, well, it's all, we're done. It's over. Everything's going to be fine and dandy. And while they, while we were sitting there for eight years, kind of jerking off to ourselves, they cleaned house in the state level. You know how close they were very close until recently to a constitutional convention. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like alarmingly close. And I think that will have a lot of people. It me up. Of all state houses, right? Across right. the entire country. Uh, state houses and governors. So basically if you have yeah, all yeah. those, you can basically re- put forward to write a new federal constitution um, and just already do what you want. And if they were able, let's say they were able to do that on it's just basis level, Right. Think of what they could have done. They could have established a flat tax. They could have uh, criminalized or just made it damn near impossible if you, unless you were very wealthy to have an abortion. They could have basically eliminated any merit or, you know, affected class-based meriting for like, you know, for example. They could have outlawed unions. Outlaw unions, which they're kind of doing already. But I think it really, I think people have started to realize, and it's going to take some time, honestly, like probably 10 to 15 years of just getting through that state level. Like you look at states like New Jersey that have completely gone blue, Washington. Um, there are parts of like Virginia, uh, Florida, Oklahoma, where states that were strongly pro-Trump and have had blue seats win in parts of the country that they were kind of shocked at. And the thing is, just, just fucking run. Just run. Unless you're just fucking being... and Andrew Cuomo and you, you fucking hand the state to the Republicans. Right, like, and that was... shit. But that's, that's New York, though, because New York, and I think Albert made a good point of this, is just how if you think you're in this part where you're like, well, I'm not an Alabaman, I think if, as long as you have some other person above you who is seen as worse in terms of both an socioeconomic class, but also your political views, where, for example, I know a lot of people here in New York who are white, who are just terrible about their views, not, from my, not directly like through my career, but just either through the court system or just people I encounter through the neighborhood who will do things like, I think a good example is, so I live um, for about another month or so, I live on a major avenue in New York, um, not about six or seven blocks removed from the Lincoln Center, which is the opera house, um, like a very high-end, upper-class neighborhood. Um, And as such, it ends up being pretty safe at night. So what ends up happening is that a lot of homeless will just sleep in our neighborhood because there's nowhere else to go. And it's the summertime, shelters are kind of reduced at numbers. I don't mind it, right? So outside of my door, there is a set of homeless people sleeping underneath an awning to a shop, and they're just sleeping there. And you look, and I've sat out there sometimes to like, you know, talk on the phone or whatever, 
um, or I'll come home late at night one night and I'll just sit outside and they're fine. They're totally peaceful. I'm just kind of looking and I'll look at people walk by and the reactions have been nothing short of just disheartening. You'll see people who are, you know, affluent and like, look, you know, they come in and they're wearing like suits or they're coming from the opera and walking home or they're going to dinner and they'll look at the, the pile of sleeping bags and bags and just, you know, someone's literal belongings whittled down to what they can carry in their hands. Um, you know, the poorest of the poor in this country, like the impoverished who don't have anywhere else to go and look at them with disdain. Like, why the hell are they here? I've seen them call. I've had the, I've seen the cops called on them. I've seen uh, them essentially saying like, get the hell out of here. Like they treat them terribly because just, just, you know, the socioeconomic, the socioeconomic because. divide here be just because they want to, because to them having a homeless person sleeping in front of a shop, the shop that they will probably never even fucking shop in that is just revolting that they shouldn't have to see that they want to stay. Don't, they don't mind having inequality. They just don't want to see it. Like if you had a place here that segregated and said, mind. right. If you, let's say for example, you had a place here that was like whites only. Right. And it wasn't necessarily explicit, but they basically like they kicked out a black person of a store. That place would be closed in a month. The business license, liquor license, everything would be taken away. They don't want to see their explicit racism, but in terms of what, you know, their low level underlying stuff, or just their racism and their classism. That is the most prevalent here that I've seen in any other place in this country. Um, and that, that in itself is kind of why this, that people don't care anymore. They don't care about the community. They don't care about others around them. All they want is their money and their, I guess yes, their. Hey, Omar, next yeah. time you're sitting on that stoop and uh, you got a bunch of people sleeping outdoors over there. You mm-hmm. should talk to him, man. You should talk to him. I have. Um, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I kind of let them be because they're sleeping, you know, but I've, oh, I've been yeah. like, hey, do you guys need anything? I've given them food. I've done what I could, short of like literally letting them stay in my place. And I'm like, hey, if it rains, our little, little, um, what's it called? Not the mezzanine, the little like between the two doors, the front door isn't open. It doesn't lock. So it's like, hey, just chill in there until if it rains and you can't, you're getting wet, just throw in there for the night. I don't think anyone's going to care. Um, I've been incredibly nice to them because, but for the grace of God, there go I. Um, and I, I'm not saying that's going to happen overnight. Right. So, but like, you know, love thy neighbor. And I think that's essentially why people are doing like, are so just blinded to this. They don't give a shit. People don't care. So, so these people that, that sneer at, at the homeless, that. You know, I, I don't know if you guys saw the, the viral video today of that old white lady getting into that uh, Latino guy's face and flipping him off and calling him a rapist. I saw that. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. Some He was like, he just got his master's degree or some shit. And it's, uh, this lady was yelling at his mom and he, you know, went out to fucking shoo her off, you know, get rid of her. And she started getting in his face, calling him a rapist and a, a gang member and shit yeah that's what happens when the euphemism dies by the way guys um and 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 then people like sarah huckabee sanders or uh what's her name uh the dhs head um christian nielsen christian nielsen. nielsen yeah um should we should we be fucking nice to these people no fuck no, no. Like I, I, you know, I, myself, I'm not, I'm never explicitly mean. I mean, I'm, I can be mean to people, but when that person called the cops, I flat out asked, like, why the fuck are you calling the cops? 
And they were like, well, they're disrupting the neighborhood. I was like, do you live on this block? And they're like, no. I was like, I live right here. They're not disrupting anything. Get the fuck on. Um, and they were like, you know, they're disrupting the value of the neighborhood. The value doesn't matter. The value is this person. You're worried about a building over a person. And I just said that like three times and they just walked away. Um, and the fact of the matter is you need to be in these people's faces. You need to be like, for example, that woman who uh, called the cops on that eight-year-old girl in San Francisco. She needed to lose her business. She needed to have her, her you know, everything out there. You know, everyone kind of gets upset. Like, why are we in this, where she is dot. She didn't put herself there. Right. No, she absolutely did. And the thing about it is if you have these people, you were essentially, you, like, it doesn't matter. And I'm willing to danger because of what I see. What she saw was an eight-year-old girl selling water to make some money on the side. That is it. There was no crime there. Care. Like, I don't understand why you would even care. Because like, you're an awful person who doesn't, who does not care about the community and just see what they see is a little black girl. So they assume the worst. They assume that she was from a dip outside of the community, that she didn't live in the area. She lived in that building. I guarantee you she was like, this isn't your property. This isn't because she thought she lived in some other area. What she, what she sees is that blowing up into something else, like drug dealing, because that's what, I mean, I've been outside places and I've had cops called on me and like not in New York, but other places I've seen it happen to a lot of people. It is not something that people do because they feel like they're afraid. They do it because they are doing it to try and curb the, the attitude to which it is created by. Like you're saying, if you let this little girl sell water here, it's going to become people selling their like, you know, shirts and hats. It's an infestation. Right. And it's they essentially know right. what the cops will do. Yeah, they'll clean it out. And honestly, it's on, you know, if you're an officer and you see that, don't do anything. Be like, hey, you, you old racist crone, get the hell out of here. These kids aren't doing anything. And that's the yeah. problem. Dude, police selectively enforce the law all the fucking time. You don't got to do. make the kid pack up and leave. You can just tell the. the the white bitch, with, that the, bitch man. with with the stupid um, dog business. What gets dogs? Dog high. dog dispensary. <laughs> that is literally the most. And that's the thing, though. For her, like her career in and of itself is essentially like a D. Like never mind the thousands and hundreds of thousands of black people who have been imprisoned, at murdered at a minimum on the drug sale, the sale of drugs in this country. And how they've been subjugated, either for just the mere possession of it or anything like that. And this woman, because she just had the ability to do do so, is making fucking dog treats. Because to her, her dogs uh, matter more than black people. If I were, like, how can you put There's your people money? still in jail for that shit. Right. Where she thing, lives. She's fucking getting dogs high. Like, right. god damn. She doesn't care about anyone. She only cares about herself. And honestly, I'm glad that, like, there have been some dispensaries that are like, you know what, fuck it. You're not selling your shit anymore. That's how it should be because if you're that repugnant of a person, you should. And you know, everyone's like the woman in the. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you know, we saw the Sarah Huckabee Sanders being kicked out of a restaurant, or um, Christian Nielsen went somewhere and they're booing her. And like, I swear to fucking god, half of these people in this administration are gonna end up on CNN. Right, the second they fucking leave Harvard. They're going to be teachers. They're going to be professors. They're going to be people filling our education system, our political structure because what they are. The idea of there, this new evolved Republican Party, this shit's going to be mainstream. They're going to be fine. 
That's exactly and, what happened with the Bush administration. They're all yeah. in the Ivy League or on TV or some shit. Right. And or working is, for some lobbying firm. Like, people love Ari Fleischer now. Why? Yeah. Why? Fuck Why? Ari Fleischer. Jesus right. Christ. Like, a, like, not even, like, these absolute horrendous people that are just being loved now. And the fact of the matter is, if you th- sit there and you think that, like, oh, Sean Spicer can go on the Emmys, or, like... That, oh, the problem is that you realize that I realize when he went on the Emmys that they don't give a fucking shit about this. And it's on us to make these people feel like they can't step outside without being hated on. Or without being, like, I want Sarah Huckabee Sanders to never feel like she can go outside. I want her to deliver all of her food. I want her to spend the rest of her days in her home. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the word. That's don't, what I want. You don't get to be comfortable anymore. You, right, exactly. No. You unless, need to, unless they you, need to feel it. They need to feel it. And it's not just... It's not just the people in the administration, the big ones, all right? It's the people who have the tacit endorsement, the people who today still support and today will still vote for Donald Trump. People who will vote and support all of those fucking heinous policies because it's not real to them. Because it doesn't affect them, it doesn't affect their family. They put on the Fox News when they get home, and that shit stays on all fucking day. To them... It's an abstraction. To them, it's a fucking, it's a sport. It's watching your favorite fucking team on Sundays. But for them, their favorite team isn't fucking deflating footballs and bullshit like that. No, their favorite team is locking up and destroying Latino families. It's not real. It's a fucking fugazi to them. So you gotta make it real. You gotta fucking publicly shame all of them. They all need to feel this where they sleep but tribalism guys but it's not only that though it's not just tribalism to send into tribalism well i know it's the fucking boogeyman the center left is using lately like no because there's sorry go ahead i've been go for for it man you keep like decorum is fucking dead the reality is is that like you know they're like oh you know this person wants me like like wants people who look like albert to be in camps who wants people like me to be shot by the police with impunity who people like me and him to be you know arrested and put in prison to have to deal with they the injustices like and they want people like owen who would cape up for us fucking dead in a ditch somewhere right or to shut up and just move on and the reality is they don't have decorum when they call us animals and thugs and you know every other name under the sun that is permissible in the media realm they don't have decorum like if they want decorum if one like you know and they're like oh you know we should be nice to these people no we shouldn't because their decorum is essentially saying like oh you shouldn't exist you shouldn't have the right to vote like if you see me in my position in my life and like the fact i have a career as a threat i don't want decorum i want you out of my life that's what i want i don't want you dead i'm not asking for violence here but i'm asking for is that you don't ever have a moment of peace because the reality is that if you don't want this country to succeed, you are threatening my livelihood. And that to me, like there is no element of decorum. Decorum is for people who feel that, you know what decorum is? Decorum is for people who think that all this, no matter what happens, they'll be fine. And like, you know what? Yeah, these people suck, but be nice to them. Because, you know, when things get crazy, like we need to have them on our side because for them, there is no risk. There is no element of damage because either they're wealthy enough or they're, you know, are fair skinned enough that they don't have to deal with the indignity. Like the idea, for example, of you know, him, no due process for people who are arrested by ICE. That means that literally Albert and myself could be arrested. Owen, oh, you could be arrested and have your citizenship challenged and get deported without any, any question. 
and that's the, that's the point. That's, they don't give a shit. Like Trump is, is just literally suggesting just having people snatched up off the street and deported, no matter where you're from. I think the most frustrating, what the most frustrating part for me is like would be allies um, retreating to this shit, trying to be fucking, you know, enlightened, objective, you know, faxed people, you know, like uh, you, you can't get too emotional over this shit because it, as soon as you get emo- emotional, you lose your objectivity and you descend into bias and, and you can't make rational <laughs> thought. Um, it, it's just bullshit. Do I sound emotional to you guys on this episode? Yeah, you fucking... You can't write. I am. <laughs> then and, I've lost all my credibility. Yeah, fucking we're, we're out the window. And, and even like fucking nerds like... Um, What's her name? Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't believe it. Senator from San Francisco. Feinstein? Cut this. Yeah, Diane Feinstein. Jesus. Um, Don't cut it. It's hilarious. <laughs> no, uh, we're not cutting shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she said something recently about how, you know, we can't, you know, dive into this tribalism and, and call for, you know, abolishing ICE and shit like that. And like if if we descend into tribalism, it'll just push the right wing farther away. And I'm like, lady, these are the fucking people that have been calling you Pol Pot for thirty fucking years. You really think that being nice to them is gonna make them like you? Like, what are you trying? What do you? What? What is your goal here? What is this amazing status quo that you you're trying to cling on to so hard that makes you cape for these people? I don't you know what was the moment that I knew the whole decorum lie was exactly what it is, a fucking lie? I was, of all things, <laughs> leaving a job interview at a fucking laboratory because I, I'm, I'm a baby chemist. I'm a chemist in training. That's what I go to school for. I'm leaving an interview, and I'm dressed like I was at a fucking interview for a pretty kick-ass laboratory. I'm walking on the street. I called my friend, and we speak in Spanish. I'm telling him that, hey, no, you know, I interviewed at this spot. It's pretty cool. Maybe I get it. It'll be fucking great. And this guy fucking looks at me, gets in my face, and yells, get out of my country. And 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 I'm a I'm a confrontational guy. I I I I'm an abrasive personality sometimes. Yeah, you're not. Um, you don't back down. But I was completely. I felt like I'd been punched in the gut. Like I I'd never had that happen to me before. I I'd never. And this guy was wearing fucking torn up jeans, raggedy fucking flannel, and like a fucking trucker. He looked like a fucking piece of shit. He looked like he'd been spending all day at the bar. And it's fucking like 2 p.m. And he's already fucking wasted. And he tells me to get out of his, get out of his country. I mean, I don't want to go into back and forth about this, but Lord knows I've heard worse on a fucking like Tuesday. That I've heard. I mean, like, I mean, I know it's not excusing what happened and that's dehumanizing, and I'm sorry. But I mean, just, I guess as far away as I'm desensitized, it's kind of crazy. Like, I remember I got into my high school graduation 
we're all and we have these the blue sash for the um and I'm sitting there and I don't have because I think my I didn't do something for him because I was like this is stupid I don't need to do it I already got into where I need to go like I knew my GPA and everything was good enough to get into Florida I was like I don't need this and I had enough but in ancient um, and I remember this guy looking at me. He's like, "You got in Florida without national arms." And she was like, "You got in Florida because of affirmative action. You don't deserve it because you're black." This is. And I sit there, stare, black man. Like I was like really pissed off. Teacher pulls away. That dude for the rest of his life. You're gonna hear that over again. Just keep. Guy, um, is my teacher. He's like one of the few guys in my school, which is predominantly white. Mi gente, um, yeah, man. Right, and we that you. you hear that, and it's just like you know, you got to keep going. Um, and I say that to you, just you know, you're gonna hear something like that, especially the higher you go. I've been called defendant by prosecutors, court officers, judges. I've been uh, essentially caught, like talked down to, like I'm not an attorney, or where I'm actually earned where I'm supposed to be. I've been accused of lying under lying to the court. I've been accused of misconduct, not actually like written misconduct, but you know, in a trial that happened last week, the prosecutor said I lied, which is a much more severe thing to say than to say like, Oh, misstatement. Um, I've had every, all the essentially doubt my character. Um, and it's just kind of comes with the territory. You're going to be, you're going to be doubted no matter where you go. And I remember my parents telling me, no matter where you go, people are going to think you didn't earn it. You didn't get there. Because the fact is that this country sees success as a white thing. They see prosperity as a white thing. They see, you know, all this stuff. This, 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 and that's what kind of made this whole, you know, the, what would you guys say? The death of innuendo or whatever? Euphemism. 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 Death of euphemism. That made, like, Obama becoming president was, I think, the fatal cut to that. Because we saw someone who looked to them as like an inferior being. Yeah, I mean, what, the face called, of their country. He was called and, the affirmative action president how many times? Right. Like they didn't, they, they completely just shit on his legacy. That's the whole point. And what they're doing here now is basically trying to, de- in a way, that, and I don't mean to minimize this, but for them, they don't ever want it to happen again. Oh, yeah. It's, like, you know, they, yeah, like everyone's like, oh, we should have a white man run in a Democratic seat. Because maybe that'll help things yeah. keep going. Maybe they'll win that. Or we can't have a woman. That's, oh, that's going to be a huge issue come uh, 20, 2020. 2020, because, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think we're going to realize how there are going to be a lot of people who see, um, you know, essentially see, for example, someone like Kristen Gillibrand or Kamala Harris, Cory Booker as just not legitimate candidates. Elizabeth of, Warren. Right. Elizabeth Warren, all these people who are just not not legitimate candidates or just not, like, they aren't winnable because for them... Winnable, right. Right, because I think that's... And that, to me, is essentially what the problem is, is that they're not... We're so focused on winning back the presidency to make sure everything that Trump does gets shifted a little bit to the left and we can just kind of keep going. And the reality is, is that there has been a usurpation of our whole democracy and we need to just get this, you know, cut it out like a tumor and get the fuck on with ourselves. But we're not going to, we're not going to do that because here's a quote. Here's a quote from Chris Hayes. Okay. 
He said this, he, he tweeted this out earlier today. Please, I beg everyone to stop making meta arguments about what plays well politically and just articulate what your actual principles and beliefs are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we've been doing the past hour. It's yeah. not fucking hard, guys. It's really not. But I, I, I know oh, you guys you have... But I'm going to give you the real sob story is growing up, um, growing into adults, you know, confronting my own privilege and my own racism. And, and it was really hard, guys. Just just saying. <laughs> um, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, speaking of 2020, uh, there was something um, pretty interesting. Did what was it? Alex Jones said it. Alex Jones tweeted. Yeah, it out. Alex Jones tweeted that Trump might not be running in 2020. Uh, the grift is real. The, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like it's probably bullshit. Because Alex Jones is saying it, but I mean, who knows? Hey, he, he has he has he, he has, he has <laughs> No, he has he, he has connections in the administration. He's in and his he, ear. And Trump could have been confiding in someone saying he fucking hates being president because I'm certain he does, and he doesn't doesn't want to do it anymore. And he he made his you know overseas deals, and he's he's not swimming in debt anymore maybe or shit i don't know and and he, he's just gonna bounce <laughs> i remember saying to you guys that you know if things stood where they are today like not nearly as bad as it could have been <laughs> you know we might have reunification starting in korea um no new wars yet uh the top just came off of the uh, concentration camp story. Yeah, um, I mean, because that a lot of that shit. I mean, it wasn't as heinous as you know separating asylum seekers immediately, but a lot of that shit was going on for uh, the yeah. past ten years or or longer. Like this shit ain't new. It's just and it's people just knew about it. Particularly more cruel. This shit was oh, yeah. pu- published like 2012, 2014. It's just, you know, it's been escalated. So it's been getting more attention. And because Trump is president and, and Obama kind of got a uh, he got a pass. He got a pass for that shit. So um, anyway, and, and the uh, thin veneer of racism and the Republican Party has been, you know, striped, ripped away. Um, so, so they can't, you know, fall back on their dog whistles again. You know, they can try, but no, nah, it's it, it's opened. I think it's let's say he does yeah. that. Could, could you put that toothpaste back in the tube? You think? No, 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 no way. Absolutely, Absolutely not. Because not. you've really, you've <laughs> ostracized <laughs> you've ostracized an entire group of people, and you've essentially just essentially cemented, you know. 50, 40, 40, 50 years of just like affirmative policies to just subjugate an entire group of people, everyone but a white man. Um, and that, no, you can't get it out the tube because now it's just over. It's going to get, you know, let's, I think starting with, let's say, for example, he just doesn't run. I think that is the most, yeah, let's see if he doesn't. And let's say he, that is, would be so good. 
I mean, it, it would be a kindness that is completely uncharacteristic of him. He, I, so my thought is he's going, let, this is completely hypothetical. Um, listeners, uh, my, the millions and millions of listeners podcast, uh, he is going to run again. He's too prideful to not run again. He is exactly. too much of a piece of shit to not run again. And the reality is, is that especially if things keep going and keep rising up, he's going to want to cement himself as one of the best presidents of all time. He is going to run. Alex Jones has, maybe he hates it. And maybe that's what Alex Jones is talking about. But his pride is going to get in the way. His biggest sin is his pride. Um, and he is going to get through this and he's going to run again. But if he doesn't, it will be considered one of the greatest political swindles of all time, in my opinion. Not, <laughs> not in anything about improving of how impressive this is. This is just sheerly to just show how much he would have essentially completely delegitimized the idea of the re-election cycle. Because this man has raised millions of dollars already for re-election. He started from re-election in 2017. Remember, he did a little right away. He started as soon as he could. He's raised tons of money. He has all this stuff going on. He has a war chest. If he, if he, when he decides to run, the, the budgeting for this, a lot of this is going to come out of his own pack, his political action committee. You have all these people also want that, but he's going to have a lot of money to keep this going, to have events, to have all this other stuff. And guys, he's, he's going to be able just to keep all of it because if you don't use it, it's not like he gets refunded back. So he probably is going to be able to get a few hundred million dollars from the American public. He's had Veterans Day and Memorial Day sales at his fucking online Trump store where he can buy MAGA hats and all and fucking Trump teddy bears and all that bullshit. Right. Oh, it's, dude, I, I, I'm sorry. It's Trump kinda, there. I, I'm just letting my macabre fascinations slip out here, but like, if it happens, man, that would be so funny. It would. It would. <laughs> I would if be he just, If he just walked away. He just away. fucking bails after making all that money. And, oh, it would be and, hysterical. And, and the primary would be so good. Like, the first person to call Ted Cruz a racial slur is going to win the nomination. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. That's... Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so the, the first one to go... Uh, uh, like Teddy or Spick, just like <laughs> like lean into the mic, just like really, like, just like really like like it's like into the to the candidate from California. Ted, you're a Spick. No, it's just when Ted's talking. Uh -oh. You know, remember when when Trump leaned in the mic and just said wrong, wrong <laughs> Spick, yeah, yeah. Spick. <laughs> Oh man, I'm sorry. It'd be really funny. It would be horrifying. <laughs> it would be funny. Oh, I have no question that he's you no. Know, just I think one, it's going to make it'll completely just dishevel the Republican Party because it's going to just it'll just fuck them up because they're not going to they're not going to be sure how to handle it, how to actually handle the toothpaste, toothpaste being out of the tube, but also understanding that they have to kind of do something to like find a new candidate. Well, after years of just four years of just essentially leaning into what he says and essentially just being like, you know what? He's our president. We love him now. And that's all going to fuck. It's going to, man, at a minimum, it's going to just. They've already, they've already for, for a while been consolidating and, and, and securing their own power through, you know, uh, gerrymandering and uh, voter ID laws and voter suppression laws shit like that 
like even Alabama um, requiring voter ID and then literally closing all DMVs in black communities so they can't get one. Um, oh, fuck. The Massachusetts governor just presided over that. Charlie oh, Baker. Really? Yeah, like he cut, he cut the, they call them RMVs up here for some stupid reason. By the way, those offices, they closed like half of them uh, right before the election in 2016. Do you have a voter ID law in Massachusetts? Uh, there are none, but I mean, he's a. I, I, there's no such thing as a fucking friendly centrist Republican. Like he's, he's still, still a fucking. Oh, is he? Republican? He has the R next to his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he. I mean, this is Romney t- type shit. You know, yeah. like real friendly about it. Tons, t- just oozing decorum, bro. Like it's just all over him. I mean, it's just. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oozing decorum, and then like no lube, fucking tens of thousands of Toys R Us employees. And, and yeah. Find the- yeah, I think the other thing that's funny is just seeing how the Democrats handle it, because Lord knows they have not been able to handle this well already. And they could just- do this shit so easily. They could fucking get dirty and do this shit. We've had this. No, I'm talking about if Trump doesn't run. Oh. Like, what? What then? Right? <laughs> essentially, you, be a shit show, man. Like, it'd be a shit show because you have people like Gillibrand essentially just said, I'm not taking corporate interest money and that. But then, what if the person who's the biggest boogeyman all of this happens? Like, what do they do? Do they renege? Do they continue what they're doing? Like, because then it'll probably be someone like, you know, God forbid, Pence. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Pence, Cruz, Rubio. I'm trying to think of who else would be like what, a good. What fucking nerd? Nunez will Nunez will go to the fucking. He'll he'll try. What fucking nerd did we think would be was gone forever? Like uh, Mike Pence somehow, you know, Neo Matrix oh, dodged the fucking entire magazine. Um, but Pence is, I mean, Pence is potentially the biggest piece of shit of all of it. But, but he's also kind of made himself clean about like relatively speaking yeah he's not tied up in the russia shit he's not tied up in anything else he's just kind of well, doing kind of is well kind of but not nothing is nearly substantial as like <laughs> sessions or anyone else i mean he's just like he's there and he's you know kind of seen as the rudder for all this essentially yeah, even though he's more of a motor the rudder but, this is but, a dude that was gonna lose re-election as the governor of indiana as an incumbent <laughs> oh yeah, but now he's. I mean, that's just how you know he's. You guys ever watched fucking Anna? How do you lose Indiana as an incumbent Republican? I don't get it. Oh my god. I mean, um, he tortured a bunch of. I know what he did. Transgender and queer kids, and somehow Indiana saw that and said, "Like, nah." And then voted Good. for Trump anyway. Man, oh well. But nah, he, if he doesn't run, it'll just be chaos. And like what we've become really sick of three years, even since like 2015 on, will only just get worse. Because then it'll essentially, I think what he's done is essentially, aside from delegitimizing the presidency, it's just become a fucking parade now. It's become a, you know, it's gonna, the, the race itself to get to the White House in 2020 is gonna become like a reality show. Because they're going to want people who give them the same access. Like every, Trump is going to give them access because he loves media attention. Which means that everyone else is going to have to give him the same or more access just to be seen on TV. So 
that's going to be crazy so, in itself. If he doesn't run, he swindles the shitty part of America out of a fuck ton of money. He swindles the he, democratic system too. Like, yeah, he walks he, away. And he walks away essentially just known as one of the, you know, I, I, I maybe we'll see if something happens with Russia, but like he'll fuck up everything else. He'll make a bunch of money and he'll leave it in a worse shape than it was. So pretty much like every other of his investments since he got his million dollar loan from his dad. So, okay. Uh, if it happens, uh, here's where I'm going to predict the, um, uh, the election. It's going to be some dude named John Johnson that no one's ever heard of versus uh, Strom Mengele for the, for the Republicans. <laughs> see, I think it could be, I can easily see it being someone like Brian Sandoval. The, uh, uh, that dude from Nevada. I who, who isn't like, you know, he's just there, right? I mean, it's the same thing that happened with like Tim Pawlenty. And every other state rep- state governor that they've always touted as the person two years before the election happens, and it turns out they're just as dull as a fucking pile of sand. Um, and it happened to Paul and T. It happened to like, well, John Edwards got some woman pregnant, but <laughs> they're Man, always there's always that one who's just is just there and has no presence or personality to actually be the president. I go back to simple days and have like Scott Walker be the Republican nominee. Oh, he's so good. But he would actually they they would like that. I mean, that's they would want that, right? I mean, that's he fits the he fits the bill. He's a guy. He can't smile without keeping his tongue out from between his teeth. Like, how right. can he win? But he's also the perfect patsy for the Koch brothers, Adelson. You know, no. big yeah. mega donor because he's a giant blank canvas with no personality and I'll essentially just say what he wants. That shit won't win. Money. That won't shit won't win post Trump. I guarantee if he fits and says we'll do everything Trump did, it will win. I, I don't. Again, you're asking someone who's a complete cynic and has no confidence in the electoral process of this country anymore. Um, but yeah, dude, I guarantee it'll be some asshole with no no personality, no substance, and essentially just be like you know. Trump wasn't bad enough on this. We're going to fix this stuff. We're going to run presidency, you know, the way the president should be run by keeping everything Trump did, but having the vest, like, you know, the facade of professionalism and decorum. And they'll just focus on the decorum thing and kind of stay above it while saying things like, oh, ICE is a necessity. They should be in concentration camps. But, you know, let's have dinner sometime. I'm honestly concerned at the Democrats' situation because. Because the honestly the Bernie thing coming out and defending ICE and yeah, just not the having fuck, the Bernie? fucking stones to come out and say it like fuck ICE it has me it has me really worried because he has a a damn near monolith of a following um, and those voters definitely fragmented in a lot of weird ways after he lost the primary to Clinton. Um, way to like, concerned. way to like, give those resistance fuckheads that say you know Bernie hates black people and shit a fucking ammo. Like, are you, God damn it, Bernie? Like, I'm I mean, not like, I'm not like a Bernie. Shit. Yeah, I'm not like a Bernie follower by any means, but like he was Same. 
pretty much the only voice in American politics that was actually at least a little bit left, you know? I was hoping he was going to kind of leave. And I had so many of these fucking Democrat, like hard diacard Democrats, you know, throwing at that, that I don't fucking care about black people and shit when I'm because I'm a leftist you know it's it just fucking way to give that shit some ammo it just pisses me off cause... yeah same I mean I'm, I'm really concerned at what the Democrats do um, not, not know, a goddamn with... thing like, and, and yeah well look at fucking Theo Tomas uh, Tom Perez right like he he said when he took over, we're not gonna we're not gonna get mixed up in like small elections, this and that. We're not gonna pick a side. And what the fuck does he do? Every super establishment, like center Democrat. Oh yeah, here here in Nebraska too. Um, Brad Ashford versus Scar Eastman. Like Brad Ashford got yeah. endorsed by by the DCCC. And um, and every actual progressive, everyone who's like really fucking late, they're they're putting their fucking dick on the table and they're saying, "Hey, abolish ICE, fucking Medicare for everyone." You know the shit that we we've, we've been talking about, like fucking like be for be for something. You know, like we we want to help everyone out here so let's fucking do this instead of let's just be republican light you know let's actually run on something that people could get fucking passionate about that people can actually show emotion over let's run on something that people that affects people's everyday lives and not in a like well i'm gonna get like you know a fucking was it half a percentage point tax break in three years no no in a Right now, they're locking up Latinos. Fucking minorities across this country are getting shit on left and right. You have an opioid crisis that is knocking down the doors, and state agencies across this country don't know how to fucking deal with it. And all of their marketing and all of their efforts are focused on white communities. And by the way, the opioid ODs, are beginning to decrease for white communities, but Latino and black communities continue to increase. But where the fuck is Tom Perez talking about that shit? Material conditions. Fucking uh, flat pay for three decades. Fucking massive wealth inequality. uh, Massive tuition costs. Rents exploding. Shit like that, dude. Just say it. Like, none of them fucking say it. Everyone's so fucking afraid. That is probably the most popular. Like everyone sees how corrupt the the government is. Everyone sees it. It's fucking up for sale. The whole process. The whole process is fucking sideways. Campaign reform, election reform. That shit's super popular. Run on that. Yeah. Yeah. God. Like, like hope, hope. You see how people got energized for like hope and change. Like, how about do that with substance? You know, like yeah, fuck. not just hollow statements. Yeah, people yeah, well, get if only. Yeah, because you know, only. you know, I, I do have a, a, a pessimistic view. Um, it, like voting doesn't really matter. I, I I try to hedge that shit for the for the show, um, but. Um, 
I think I heard some, I forget where I heard this, but uh, someone said there's an old anarchist saying that you know if voting mattered, it would be illegal. Um, well, <laughs> well they're, is. they're trying to make it that way, kinda. They're they're working on it. Yeah, uh, the Republicans are, so it might just fucking matter. Uh, at least. So what's know, our message then? I mean, like we don't want to be, we don't want to like you know we're coming to the end of our of you know this episode you know to sum it up like you don't want to just send people out there Owen saying like you know don't vote it doesn't fucking matter I think think... what we say is like rob a bank flip a cop car like fucking punch your boss in the face yeah no well I mean if you want that's you'd be really cool if you did but uh direct action um don't let these chads be fucking comfortable don't be friends with them if they're your family, just make Thanksgiving dinner not fun for anyone. Um, be that guy. Be that guy. Um, and I, honestly, don't just go vote for a Democrat because the fucking Republicans are Nazis. Hold them accountable. Make them fucking call the it. offices. Call the offices. Why is Ted Lou the only one piping in the sounds of crying children? Yeah, and race hell. Race hell. Just fucking race hell. Like out. they, we've been, we've essentially been putting and thrust against the wall, and it's clear they don't give a fuck. It's time to give a fuck. Like fight for this. Fight for your like. Fight for your family. Fight for your friends. Like this is yep. ten years from now. If things get worse, we're gonna be looking back at this time we fell. If things get better, if things change for our favor, we're gonna see this as a breaking point. This election, every election coming up, vote, re- demand accountability. Stay there and actually raise raise a stink. Talk. Be you know, be active. Go work in Congress. Go work in for the government. Go work for city government. You know, I think I think a good example of this is like work in city government and work in positions that actually matter. You know, not just you know, do what you can. Don't be engaged. Don't focus on yourself. Realize this is a group effort and this is a community. And we have to help each other out. And sure, shit, and don't. Be- Fucking be nice to someone that says to be nice to Nazis ever. No, never. Oh my god, yeah. Without make saying. them all uncomfortable, down to the staffers that pick up the phone. Make make that staffer question why they show up to work every day and defend concentration camps in the United States of America in 2018. Boom. True. True. All right. All right, guys. I think that's uh, a good episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll call it there. Um, and yep, follow Twitter, all that nonsense. Um, What's the Twitter again? It's Please Riot Podcast. Um, it's at Please Riot Pod. Pod, excuse me. See, I don't even know. And then iTunes, rate and comment. Uh, tell your friends, even if they don't fucking like it. You know what? Show them this shit. Make them mad. Spread the word. Yeah, make them hear it. If if you think it'll make them be Nazis or vote for Trumps, they were Nazis in the first place. So, yeah, honestly, that's the biggest okay, thing. Take if you over think their anything, anything this benign is going to cause someone to turn right. They they were assholes to begin with, and they were lost. The idea that I'm not going to rant. Episode's over. But yeah, that's <laughs> if <laughs> you think that this is going to sway people to the right. Episode's over. Yeah. Over. I know. <laughs> I'm <But> Albert. <laughs> I'm Omar. Uh, Stay tuned for the late night uh, uncut version of what I'm going to be ranting about later. I mean, that's uh, if you want to do that. uh...
Uh, no, God, that's no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you guys. God damn, Snoop Dogg has been in a lot of fucking movies. <laughs> I think that should be our lead in. <laughs> yes, though. <laughs> no, wait, wait, let me. I'm going to look up his filmography. That is a long filmography. All right. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you. Directed video, using a lot of that. A lot of porn. No. Really? He was. He does not feature. He was directed and co-produced and guest starred in these movies. Although he did not feature in any sex scene. Soup Dog's Doggy Style and Soup Dog's Hustler's Diary of a Pimp. I actually. So I remember this. Yeah. He created this like whole porn. He was like the first. I remember this now. It's like it kind of clicks. I remember seeing the ads for it. He was like the first rap artist to create a porno video like he like had music playing and had his stuff and then he would have like porn scenes hot interspaced interspersed through it and it created this like whole subgenre but like in the right when the like apex of dvds like 2001 through like 2004 where a lot of rappers would put like x-rated films in the mainstream to like promote like records and albums it's like mystical did it ice tea and they had all this just like it was like a hustler subsidiary where they basically had a bunch of like, it was wild. I like, it's starting to click now, but he had these like DVDs and he had like a whole series. They had a whole series of hip hop artists who would produce and create like porn with their music. in it. Hmm. Yeah. It was crazy. But I remember like seeing that. I remember seeing the cover because I remember it like, yeah, it, it was a, because it was technically classified as a music video. Ended up getting him like a Billboard Top 100 music video. <laughs> the, 90s, the 90s are a long time ago. Yes, yeah, so that's like a 20 year old thing. Yeah, I mean, it's 2001, yeah. so it's like 20 oh, years ago. Oh. But yeah, Snoop Dogg was in a Bollywood. Fucking Singe is king. Or I guess oh. it'd be Sing is yeah. king. Yeah. Sing is king. Nice. Oh, I want to watch that now. If I remember the porn, I remember like, he was in. He has like, dog treats and Dude. edibles and weed. He's Omar really made himself up. Omar is getting really nostalgic about this rap video porn. No, no, not the rap video porn. <laughs> I'm getting nostalgic like, about just Snoop Dogg imagine, spreading his. Porn. Imagine, imagine an 11 year old Omar watching these porn rap videos. 